0: Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Some things in the past, oh, nice job, Kim Bremer. Some things in the past are worth reliving, and others you just ought to let lie. So I'm wondering at this moment, which this is, because back in the old days when Celeste Satrini and Cam Bremmer weren't nearly as busy as they are now, we could get together and pontificate. But we're doing it today. Is that really Celeste Citrini from Salinas, California, checking in?
1: It is. It is. Hi, everybody.
0: Cam <laughs> <laughs> Bremmer, Loyal, Wisconsin. <laughs> Hi, Kim.
1: Good morning.
0: Just this week, somebody said, where's that Kim Bremmer? She used to be on with you a lot. I really enjoyed her. She's never on anymore. All right you're here now.
2: Here we are. And we get Celeste. Now, and we get Celeste. The first time I Celeste know. and I did radio together with you, Trent. I remember this.
0: If not the, isn't that the time you guys were questioning me? I didn't get to ask a single question.
2: Yes. Because we had an entire... Probably. And we <laughs> kicked your butt on... Monday. You
0: didn't. You did not.
2: Oh, well, dig out the archives.
0: <laughs> I can't we'll find that one. It's... It's lost of <laughs> lost to the National Archives, Celeste. What have you been up to?
1: Oh gosh, Just punching cows that seems to be all I do lately. Um just working on our family ranch and um just finished up feeding cows this last week because we've got a little bit of green grass, so that's a good thing um and then just kind of working on some advocacy stuff, doing a lot of zooms with people. Um, which I don't really love doing Zoom. I'm not a Zoomer. I love to be uh, face-to-face in real life, but doing some fun stuff, um, basically talking about our family ranch and then doing some things with a couple different universities, um, discussing just ranch life and what we do here, just kind of putting a face to a rancher. So that's been a lot of fun.
3: Well,
0: no good ranch communication starts without saying, how's your grass? Is the weather okay?
1: You know, we definitely need more rain. And I hate to be ungrateful because we do have people look at my pictures on social media and it is beautiful. We've got all kinds of green, but it's like a lawn. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, so we definitely need to get to get some more grass. Um, we're hoping this next week they say maybe another storm will come in. So we're hoping for that because it seems like any more Gosh, I don't know. As a younger person, I never worried about the weather too much. It seems like it always rained when it was supposed to and was sunny when it was supposed to be. And now, you know, that I'm here running the ranch with my brother, it's like a weather is a constant worry. <sighs> so, so hopefully so, things will be better.
0: So, Kim, how's your grass in Law, Wisconsin on February 26, 2021? <laughs> uh-
2: Under a few feet of snow, non-existent. Few
0: feet? How many? How much snow did you get?
2: I don't know. I don't like to keep track, Trent. Uh, Actually, our weather has gotten much better. It was super cold. It's probably warmed up fifty degrees. It's above zero. So
0: (laughs) we literally so on Monday a week ago, this past Monday, we were thirty below, and literally this Monday we were seventy degrees warmer because we got up to fifty-two. That's a high I've seen this week. So yeah, it's been a nice week. It has. But the grounds froze, all the water is leaving. So our wine, you know, the rancher has to wine. Our, our water is not going in, it's going down, down the creek. So, so Celeste, you, uh, you mentioned yeah. you're doing a couple of uh, speaking gigs virtually. I just, yeah. you and Amanda Radke can have all of that. I don't want them virtually. I had two this week <laughs> because of Uh, National FFA week. And I dug up some facts back from the dust bowl because the uh, FFA creed was written by E.M. Tiffany in 1930. You know, just for example, 58% of farms in 1930 had cars. 34% of farms had phones and 13% had electricity. So this week, this past week we lost electricity for an hour and we had rolling blackouts like we were California in the great plains of America (laughs) And I put that into context in 1930, only 13% of the farms had electricity. I think we've come a long ways. Do you have electricity now? Yes. Actually, we can see you do.
1: Absolutely. We're full (laughs) of electricity here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we're in, in every way, yeah, shape got, or form. I'm looking, I'm looking at myself in the this whole thing. And I apologize to folks that are watching. This whole thing was new for me getting on here this morning. And I'm thinking, oh, man, what am I doing? But it looks like I'm, you know, I've got lights behind me, lights on my desk, lights on the phone, There's just lights everywhere. So hopefully you can like see me and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I was nervous. It was like the first time I went on radio with you. Many, many years ago. Gosh, darn. That was you the were scariest nervous that thing day ever. Too.
3: Yeah, you uh, were nervous.
1: It was terrible. I was so nervous. But You have no reason to
0: be I'll nervous anymore. So, okay. Celeste, from a well, West Coast perspective, night. because I actually pulled up a statistic this morning that we all care about. And that is the U.S. EPA says that 2% of the U.S. greenhouse gases, for whatever that's worth, 2% of the emissions come from cows. What's the general conception, con, uh, perception of a cow today in California?
1: You know, that's really the, from the folks that I visit with, because I think California gets this um, stigma that everyone hates cows and, you know, anti farming and that sort of thing. And I think that, too. When I'm out speaking to groups of people or when I'm asked to um, do like I did this last week and speak to these college students, I prepare myself mentally for that. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, they're not going to like us. I need to have lots of facts because that's what they're going to ask. And quite honestly, I have had nothing but people just really interested in what we do on a ranch they didn't ask any of those kind of questions. The main thing that they were concerned with was the safety and the well-being of the animals, which I thought was really interesting. In every presentation that I've done, that is the one thing they wanted to know. And so I've got lots of um, slides and pictures of ranch life and what I do each and every day and pictures of our cows calving and all that kind of sort of thing. And they love it. And so I really have not had, and that's probably not a great answer that you wanted to hear, but I probably. No, I wanted really to hear, I wanted to hear had, what's
0: going on. That's a great answer.
1: Yeah. I, I have not had pushback from people asking about greenhouse, house gases or the environment. And I'm sure they're out there, but in the presentations I've done with very, um, with people who have never experienced ranch life, that was not one of their questions.
0: Kim, isn't that what's happening? We have a few loud people who have access to media trying to plant these negative stigmas, which don't really replicate throughout everyday consumers.
2: Like Bill Gates?
0: Yeah, like Bill Gates.
2: Sure. Yes, I'm with Celeste. I don't I don't think that everyone agrees with that, but the real danger just becomes the fact that when people hear something enough times, it becomes the truth. So, it's not that people necessarily think that cattle are bad for the environment, but once they've heard it a thousand times, it just mm-hmm. seems like the obvious answer. Whether they yeah. share that about it is one thing, but man, the constant repetition of misinformation, disinformation, <laughs> that's
1: where we lose.
0: And it would you know be what? one I thing.
2: Had
1: to- oh, okay.
0: No, no, no. What? what? Go ahead. <laughs> Nope. No, Ladies I, first. I, I
1: totally agree. This is not a I transgender totally...
0: world. This is a men and women world. <laughs> Ladies first. Go sauce.
1: Okay. Uh, thank you. And I have something about that too that I just saw in the news last night after my comment that I need to make. Um, you know, like I told, I did a, a, a deal the other day with the Cal Poly advanced beef class. Mm -hmm. They had me come on and we visited about all sorts of things. And from what Kim is saying about there's folks out there that just keep preaching the deal and that's all people here. I told those kids, I said, anymore, us being ranchers, just doing what we do each and every day. I believe that's over. We really need to have someone on our ranches, whether it's mom, daughter, grandma, cousin, whoever it is that's affiliated with that ranch, to tell the story of what we're doing. And we've said that for so long, but now I think it's so much more important than it ever was People need to hear from from us. They need to hear from ranchers. They need to hear what we're doing, need to celebrate all the good stuff that we're doing. And so when you have the opportunity to talk to a group of folks or to see someone in the grocery store at the meat counter that asks a question or, you know, wherever it might be, we need to be a resource. And that's what I told all these kids. It's like, you guys just need to be a resource for what we're doing. And, um... If there's enough of us that continue to do that, I really believe that things can get better. I really do.
0: I really believe that Bill Gates might be the best thing that's happened to agriculture. I'll explain that when we come back. I have to, at this moment, go to a break. Neogen is shining a light on your genetic future because we no longer can replicate these animals on farms like bulls or chickens or pigs without knowing what the genetics and the genomics are and how reliable the next generation is going to be in terms of making progress, producing more with less. The only way we truly get that done is all of the data and technology available. Neogen is making it possible very effectively. Details at Neogen.com. We'll be back with more Celeste, Citrini, Kim, Bremer, and Trent Luce like the good old days after this. We'll Welcome back that. to Roll Out, Trent Loose alongside... You can go to work whenever you want, Celeste. Kim has an appointment. She has a situation. Kim has real...
1: She has real work.
0: Real work. No. Real work. Yeah. yeah. Any
2: more than you two.
0: So, why did I say that Bill Gates might be the best thing that's happened to agriculture? Because he's, he's putting us in a corner. He's casting all of this incorrect information... And when we finally realize that people are going to listen to him instead of the truth, it will motivate more people to stand up and say, no, this is how cows, they're not just helpful to the environment. The environment is absolutely dependent on food animals and in particular cows, because I just simply remind you, 72% of the world's landmass. Is not suitable for growing a human crop, but yet a ruminant animal can convert the cellulose material and turn it into the most nutrient dense food substance on the planet. Oh, and by the way, while they do that, they improve the health of that forage, which absorbs more greenhouse gases, i.e. plant food. He's putting us in a corner that will be a good thing long term.
2: Well, I think that that is what motivates, especially farmers and agriculturists, to speak up because everyone has heard that we're supposed to tell our stories, but it seems that we don't intentionally always take the time to do it until we're mad.
1: So yeah. I think you're right, really
2: Brent. This, this will be enough to make everyone mad. And I want to take it a step further from Celeste saying that everyone needs that person on their farm or their ranch. Mm-hmm. I agree, and that person also a step further from that should be or needs to be involved at the local unit of government, because that's where a lot of rules and regulations uh, get put into place. And sometimes we take it for granted that we live in rural. Many of us live in rural areas, and we think, "Oh, it's not. It's not the people here. You know, it's those crazy people in California." Celeste. But that's not
1: true. Because that's me. You know, <laughs> They're <in our> <laughs> I don't
0: know Her I name's Satrini Her name is very Italian yeah. And she's sitting in a corner with shades On under a cap like a dark Mafia no show
1: it's, a, it's glasses <laughs> Well you told me yeah, I, I, I didn't tell you anything I stuff after this Yeah. Yeah well okay Alright <laughs> We have a lot of people saying good morning today. Just yeah, do we? We do. Who's, you who, see do that. we have any of fun? No, nobody. I you guess know. I could see that if I oh, had my thing <laughs> turned <laughs> on properly. <laughs> okay.
0: Everybody started. who's jealous of the kids sit yeah. around the kitchen table with us and have some coffee. That's who it is. I know. Hey, Celeste.
1: Ooh, they'd,
0: have
1: to eat, they'd have to eat their Wheaties. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. um,
0: <laughs> Celeste, hey, I Trent. Yes. <laughs>
1: I don't know. You just said, hey, Celeste.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't think we want to go down this path a long ways, but Andrew brought it up earlier today on Across the Pond. So I'm curious what the news is in California about the potential five counties succeeding from uh succession se- from uh, California and Oregon to be become of Idaho. Is that news in California today?
1: Um, I have not heard of that. Wow. So... Yeah, no, and I, no, I haven't heard, that hasn't been on
0: the news at all. See, that's the most interesting thing that has developed in my mind, and maybe it's all it's obviously always been that way, but we get better factual news about Russia than the people in Russia do. The people in Russia get better mm-hmm. factual news about the U.S. than we do in the U.S. That's just mm-hmm. a crazy development that I fully see how that's happening. Yeah, you have, there's one county in California and I think four in Oregon that are petitioning to become part of Idaho. Hmm.
1: I I have heard that over time, that 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 was, but that is not on our news. I mean, the only news, quite honestly, that we have heard for hmm. a number of months is coronavirus. That is still front and center out there in front. And we're still crazy here with that.
0: So, what is life like? That's all they talk about. In Salinas with coronavirus, COVID, what what do you have to do? Quite honestly? The the lockdown.
1: Oh, it's a lot. Like, I have not, and I am not fibbing to you guys, I have not been anywhere in almost a year. I am here on the ranch doing what I do. Um, During the fall of last year, I had bull sales that I cover and do promotions for, and I went to those sales. But other than that, I, there's no, all our restaurants are still closed. We do, we just got, um, authorization to do outside dining again. We hadn't had that in quite a while. Um, like in-person dining, being able to go into a restaurant and enjoy each other's company and sit there like the olden days, still can't do that here. We're still in the very most restricted tier here in the County that I live in, um, And all they talk about is the vaccinations and how we're not getting enough of them and the different levels of tiers of people who can get vaccinated. So it's a sad deal. Quite honestly, the last year I've I've been a little depressed and I'm not, you guys both know me well, I am not a depressed person, but it's been tough. It's been tough to just be, you know, Mm. not being able to see people and do things and um, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's, you know, it's going to be okay. But gosh, out here, everywhere still, and I don't know how it is in your guys' estates, but still have to wear a mask everywhere. It's mandatory. Can't go into any stores or any sort of public place. You know, churches are still closed. Any kind of big events. Our,
0: our two closest towns, which be, would be Kearney and Grand Island, both removed mask mandates this week. It's pretty much business as normal. Yeah. You still can wear one. Still people here. do, But. Um, yeah. So Celeste, I'm then curious if you heard Fauci and I'm not going to call him a doctor. He's a quack. He this week said, and I could play the clip for you right here if you want to hear it, that if you have been vaccinated, you're going to be shedding the virus. So you cannot go into indoor dining establishments. You can't go to movie theaters. You pretty much have to isolate yourself if you've been vaccinated.
1: Now, I haven't heard that, but. That man, God bless him. It's like, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. No one is enough. Get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. Oh, my gosh. It, it makes my head explode. It's like, yeah. just stop. Until you know it, just stop. <laughs> but
2: He's um, he's
0: harming more lives than many dictators in the past. I fully yeah. believe that.
2: So I have a fun story to share. And I'm certain that the people that were involved are not on this
0: they oh, <laughs> but they're gonna hear about it go ahead Wait,
2: no, no 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 i don't think that they'll hear about it and it doesn't matter trent because you're on some censorship anyway you've been kicked off twitter and youtube now like we're gonna to have to i don't know
0: and i'm using youtube to get me back in good graces
2: oh, okay good well i think that i think you're off but whatever so so i was on a recent phone call uh, with the White House, and it's a long story on how I may have just weaseled my way into getting on this call with them. And it was an actual Zoom, like not a... I've been involved in... Time out.
0: I hate interrupting you, but this is since January 21st?
2: Yes, this was... Okay, go ahead. Last week. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I just replied to an email that was sent to me about participating in this discussion about rural America and I don't think they did any vetting or anything because it came from a group and then when I RSVP'd then I got a response from the White House and I thought okay so I sat in and it was an actual zoom cameras were on which was new to me I've been on White House calls on mm-hmm. Saturday morning last year and and the discussion was about rural America it started with telemedicine but quickly shifted to uh, well, we need telemedicine and 5G. And so I was very nice and respectful and saying, well, 5G is really not the issue in rural uh, America. It's <laughs> basic connectivity. I had to drive 30 minutes to Target to stream a class at Cornell because my Internet's not good enough to do it here. So 5G is really not probably our biggest focus, at least where I live. I explained where I live. And throughout this conversation, uh It shifted to, you seem very genuine, rural America-ish. And I became some of, then I was like, uh, by the way, I I hate to be like this, but I could have been everyone's mother on this call. Um,
0: I know. It's a 20-something crowd.
2: Yep. Lots of earrings and purple hair, and there's nothing wrong with earrings and purple hair. But the big question, long story short, and how could, can you please help us with this? Kim Bremer from middle Wisconsin is how can we get rural America to trust the vaccine? Because we're not reaching our vaccine threshold numbers that we want to get to because there's too many refusals in rural America. And I, I've said, okay, well, I have a lot of friends, people I know that are on lists and there's all these different lists and peers and nope, this is all about refusal. And I started laughing a little bit. Now we're on zoom and uh, I said, well, exactly to Celeste's point. I said you have a messaging problem. You have a really inconsistent message. I said so when you have the CDC and Mr. Fauci coming out with different things every other week, do this, don't do that. Right? One mass, no mass, Two masks. Uh, vaccine, no vaccine. Stay inside. Less than ten. 10- I mean, I said you have a messaging issue and. No, people are not going to trust you. I said, I don't yeah. trust you. So I'm pretty uh,
0: sure. Time out. Roll out. The stand at Paxton County. Watch it on Netflix. Back to the second half on a red shirt Friday after this, which by the way, they're neither one wearing a red shirt. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Lewis alongside Kim Bremer, Celeste Satrini. Kim in the middle of giving a dissertation to a bunch of college kids at part of this administration's messaging team all right go ahead
2: oh it's okay i am pretty certain i probably won't get invited again or they checked me out (laughs) because uh they didn't really do any betting before they let people in but
0: well it speaks volumes to you even got there in the first place
2: correct Uh, i know gosh email from a friend yeah log in you're accepted
0: and now you're a White House advisor. Wow! I'm glad to know you.
2: No, pretty sure that was probably the
1: last invitation I'll get. I don't think that there
2: is. <laughs>
0: okay, well, seriously, you sh- what I would that have told him. Had-
1: is crazy?
0: It is. I would have said, "Hey, look, I mean, Rural America pretty much. Rural mm-hmm. America pretty much knows that if the vaccine doesn't kill us, five G will. So there's your uphill climb, folks.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: That's truly what's going on.
2: Uh, yep. They they were sincere in their ask that how can we get rural America to trust the vaccine and trust us?
0: That's not happening. I don't care how you message it.
2: No, but I wanted to give them something.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll just give you kudos for getting there.
2: Yeah. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, I think that's great. If I get another invite.
0: Did you give them a sticky note?
2: (laughs) No, I should have.
0: Have you stopped doing your sticky notes for new listeners? Why don't you share with us what you used to do?
2: Yeah, I have taken a break, but uh, it was a little while ago. Just labels that were wrong at the grocery store are misleading. I would correct it on a sticky note and leave it on the on the food, like things like I never got kicked out of there. I never got kicked out of the grocery store. Uh, but especially Thanksgiving was the perfect time. All of the you no know, added steroids turkeys that are three dollars more a bird. I'd write a little note and stick it on them. Don't hashtag. Don't fear your food. And I would correct it nicely. I wasn't a jerk about it. Kim's <laughs> uh, the, the best.
0: I know. Just the best.
2: I left him at some gas stations when I was traveling too, and I did have that in. Uh, some slide decks, some speeches that I gave, people would laugh and like, you know, we just have to be creative. We're so, everyone just wants this manual on what you should do and how do you advocate for agriculture and what do you say? And we just, we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to mess it up and uh, let's do it, whatever it is. (laughs) We're so worried about perfection. You know, that was the one thing I learned from our old pals, Wayne Pacelli, from HSUS, Paul Shapiro, listening to them, if you attended any of their conferences, they used to talk all the time. Obviously, they're not there anymore, uh, but they would talk all the time about progress over perfection when it came to marketing and messaging. And Man, they hammered that point home again and again and again, and I thought, that's interesting because in agriculture, we do that the opposite way. We're so concerned about perfection. We don't put a press release out until it's been approved by 57 people and it's the right font. And uh, and then it's three months late. Ugh.
0: It, you know, still today, Kim, my biggest pet peeve in this, this gig, which is having conversations with people that get the message out. I've done this. I, I've sent a request to PETA. And I don't normally name groups, but I'm going to in this case just to make my point and ask them if they would join me on the air to discuss something and make sure they know that I don't agree with them. And they're like, yeah, tell me okay. when and where we'll be there. Yes. You can send, I, I can send an email to my friends at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and say, okay, here's go, what's going on. Uh, by the way, we have a new initiative. This is happening where two, one Californian and one Pennsylvanian have proposed a bill that would ban the importation of kangaroo leather and meat. What are we as cattlemen going to do to help that? Uh, could you submit a list of the questions? And uh, we'll only be able to give 45 seconds to Are you kidding me? This is why we have the problem that we have. And by the way, that is an actual bill that was submitted two weeks ago. And guess whose sponsor who created the opportunity for sponsors to present that bill? a guy named Wayne Pacelli with his own new group. But if we ban the importation of kangaroo meat because they think it's inhumane the way they harvest them, they have sharpshooters that are trained to go out and absolutely kill these animals instantly. And they have 50 million kangaroo. And nobody's talking about it but me. We got to pay attention peripherally.
2: Yes. And it'll take, I bet it took 12 emails as well before you got the response it happens all the time yeah
0: that's the way it is mm-hmm. all right celeste it's Celeste freeze up or what's she doing
2: she says right. she can no longer hear us
0: well <laughs> tell her she looks good just sitting there <laughs> listening to nothing <laughs> i don't know it started when she started clanking her her jewelry around there but uh so back to that situation um Whose ding was that?
2: I think we can hear you, Celeste. You just can't hear us.
0: Right. That's so her this- ding.
2: I'm sending her a text.
0: Oh. So what are you doing today, Kim? Because you're you're not out speaking. I haven't spoken in fifty one weeks, by the way, to an audience.
2: Hmm. Well, uh I have done some Zoom meetings. Uh those are and those are hard to do, Trent. And I, I don't do who- them. I'm done. The two of you could relate to this, and anyone else who speaks as well. That uh, we're not always scripted, and we tell stories, and we get feedback from the audience, and feed off of their energy. And it's hard to do Zoom, but uh, I'm still always grateful to do it because i have I have the uh, you know reach one person, you know, reach one, teach one. If you can just help one person, so
0: what? Uh, what about the uh, the overall health and well being? Of the the dairymen in Wisconsin? What are people thinking?
2: Health and well-being of dairymen in Wisconsin. Uh, I think the dairy industry, well, farmers always are the most optimistic people. Uh, This time of year, we go a lot into survival mode, just getting through weather and challenges. And there's a lot of apprehension, you know, wondering what's going to happen with immigration. Uh, Farmers, dairy farmers all over the U.S. are still Dealing with the negative PPDs on their checks, the producer price differentials. Um, there's just, I think that there's just a lot of kind of wait and see things going on. Mm. People are just waiting to see well, what's going to be coming out of the administration and what's going to affect them. And <laughs> Celeste is logging out and logging in.
0: I know. I told her log out and come back. She'll be there now. Uh, still from a dairy perspective, Kim, I, I, I just struggle where you even had the Chinese who said that if you have COVID or to prevent COVID, triple your whole milk consumption, the vitamin D is essential and all of the essential ingredients that you get from that. And we didn't get that message here. And it came to my mind yesterday because, you know, Annie Link and Dairy Discoveries and she's doing a fantastic job in Michigan. And I said, look, you had the situation with the Flint, Michigan pipes that had lead lead contamination. And the answer was clear. The answer was increase your milk consumption to compensate for that. And we didn't get boo-hoo from the dairy associations. We all needed to stand up and say these are issues that are are solvable with the nutrition that's available. We have to be the advocate for that bit of science.
2: We got scolded for that message when this first came out uh, because there is no... Uh, what our checkoff organizations say is solid data. We're using deductive reasoning that high vitamin D level help with COVID, but there's no research that, that specifically says that milk helps with COVID. So you can't, you can't say that. Here we are again, Trent, back to my earlier point. Perfection over progress. So neither one of us are wrong. Uh, I don't believe that... Those that were telling us to take those messages down were wrong because they are correct. There is no research study that specifically looked at or has looked at that milk, if you drink milk, it can prevent or or help with COVID. But there is data to support that high vitamin D levels do. So it would make sense to us to drink milk, increase your milk consumption to get this vitamin D. Neither one of us are wrong. We got our hands slapped for that. Right. And right back to where we started: perfection over progress, progress over perfection. Did we ha- would we harm anyone by saying drink some milk to get more vitamin D? No, it's ridiculous. It's silly, but
0: mm. it's just so troubling that people who are supposedly representing the facts in dairy production and consumption can't just say, "Look, it worked for generations." What's the like you just said? There's nothing but an upside in increasing your whole milk consumption.
2: Hmm. Oh, what's what's to,
0: Celeste?
2: What what's Celeste doing? She's logging yeah. out and logging back in. Uh, I know she's like a I yo-yo. Think, I think we're just back to. Frustration. Uh, those that we pay to market uh, market for us and help with messaging with our products. Just again, being being kind of lazy and doing a poor job. I I wish yeah. I could put it in a nicer way, but the more I do this and the more involved I get, uh, the more I can see it.
0: Well, that's the most troubling part of the whole deal is that whether it's a dairyman or a soybean farmer, uh, and I can speak to the animal industries much better, obviously, but it is your money. It's the producer's money that sustains and supports these individuals that aren't not standing up for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But at the end of the day, we just we have to get to our consumers. And you stated it so correctly earlier. That is get more involved locally. What's happening in your local schools, what's happening in your local courthouse is going to ultimately affect you directly and quicker and ha- be more profound than what's happening in Washington, D.C., but it's so hard to stay focused there.
2: Yeah, and it's not, just, it's not just zoning. I mean, it's everything from zoning to moratoriums to conditional use permits. To taxes. Uh, many taxes, uh, road use. Uh, there's, it's, it's endless, and I guarantee you will be shocked if you start to get more involved in your local government uh, because activist groups are, uh, that's what they talk about at their conventions. It's what they're teaching their people to do. And they know, they know what they're doing.
0: And as we close this segment and possibly the show today, uh, Diane Sullivan from Massachusetts reminds us that even the egg association is now promoting free range instead of putting chickens in cages like we should to protect the chicken. The state of Utah has an initiative where, because we don't want the animal rights to animal rights to act as to target, us, target us, us anymore, we need to just comply. Compliance doesn't do the producer nor the most important component of agriculture, the consumer, any good. Ken Bremer, roll out. We don't know anything about Celeste. We'll find out and come back after this. As we work at figuring out our technical challenges, reminding you that Lone Creek Cattle Company provides the opportunity for you as a cattleman to tap into a value-added market. Get paid a premium to the tune of $180 per head. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. It's the certified Piedmontese system. We're back with the last segment of Rural Route on a Your Friday after this. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luz, continuing here with Rural Routes. We have lost both Celeste and Kim, but this seems like a perfect time to share with you the Across the Pond that I referenced earlier today. Andrew Henderson checking in from the UK. Well, nobody's censoring me taking a picture of this full moon, which I just did 10 minutes ago. That's a snow moon. It's a full moon. Last full moon of February. Isn't that cool?
3: Yeah, it is cool because normally that means that something great in your mind, doesn't it? Because you're a full moon guy.
0: I am a full moon yeah. guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The great things will be happening today.
3: On yes. this day oh. in history, yeah.
0: February 26, 2020, my life changed forever. In 2020? Yeah. Oh, you You
3: came to visit me in the UK, didn't you?
0: I left the U.S. soil for the last time, and my first stop with Andrew Henderson is at Ray Brown's Dairy in the U.K.
3: Is that it was a year ago today. today. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez my, my, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. My life has changed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your life has changed more than mine in the last 52 weeks. Wow, that's how long ago that was, and I remember. I remember you um, uh, drinking the milk in the in the stable there and and chatting with Ray as his wife went past with the tea and coffee. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah.
0: That was a well, perfect first stop, by the way.
3: I think you planned that very well. Yeah, He's the first dairy, and Cheshire is famous for the Cheshire Plains, and he was the first new dairy to be put up in 50 years. And he'd only just gone live when you went to see him, as you know. It was a brand mm-hmm. new dairy, so. Yeah, that was a pretty, pretty amazing experience. Um, anyway, while we're talking about county, the county of Cheshire, um, what's going on in uh, Oregon and Idaho? Tell me a bit more about that, Mr. So Luce. I don't
0: know. I saw the headlines. I didn't read the story. The, I saw two headlines. Neither one of them made any sense. It said five countries are leaving Oregon. Counties? Uh, Oh, it's counties. It's, it it yeah. said countries.
3: It's five counties and one county in California. If that makes any sense to you. Oh, they're trying. So they're going to have is a, the old state a of Jefferson. This is the
0: state of Jefferson. I,
3: I've no idea, but it's five counties, and what they're saying—it does sound like it's—you're right. But what they're saying is on the 18th of May, they are so fed up with the Democratic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, policies of uh, defunding the police uh, you know looting pillaging and everything else that's going on in Oregon that they want to be part of Idaho and then one county in California wants to do the same and they're going to be allowed they've had a majority of signatures that they require and they're going to be allowed to vote on the matter on the 18th of May this year and apparently this could start a whole load of other people wanting to be part of different states in the United States of or the People's Republic of the United States of America, they better make 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 sure that there's no um, remote voting machines because they won't get their way if they do that.
0: Yeah. There you go. That's just my view. <laughs> Not every voting machine is tied to Dominion, Andrew.
3: I don't know. I don't know why, but apparently anybody in Hazard County in uh, Nebraska they want to they they want to move. They there want to is, move a farm, just one ranch, just one ranch out of the state. Apparently, there, there is, is no
0: Hazard County, Nebraska. Just saying.
3: <laughs> or Hazard City, or whatever uh, it is. Yeah, Hazard time, is a Hazard city.
0: I'm in Sherman County, but I do have experience <laughs> with the now governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, and she's a disaster.
3: Oh, <laughs> don't mince your words, Trent. Don't mince your she words. Is. There you go. I, I mean, she so, is a disaster. So I also, um, I got some updated news on, uh, on the governor of, um, of, of California, because, as you know, my, um, my sister-in-law lives in, uh, in San Diego, and it looks as though they've got 1.8 million signatures. And I didn't realize, but this is actually the second time they've tried to get enough signatures to depose their, their governor. And the first time, he wasn't happy that some of the signatures were real. So they've had to go a lot more this time to make sure that they can remove him. But this is all surreal when you think about what happened in the election where millions and millions of votes have never been looked at because your dodgy Supreme Court can't even look at any evidence these days. Mm -hmm. It's really, really quite surprising just how justice has disappeared in your country. Um, Your cousin,
0: Gordon Kerr, says that uniting the clans like Scotland and other countries, collecting for a common cause.
3: She should know at this time of the day not to do that, but carry on.
0: (laughs) Oh, I said your cousin, uniting the clans like Scotland or other countries, collecting for the common causes. That's the reason for the restructuring of the counties. If, in fact, this is successful, Andrew, this would be a huge, huge move, because it, it could lead to a lot of restructuring. And Jody says Kate Brown is more than a disaster. She literally ordered the the murder of Lavoy Finnegan. She said, well, that's the individual who was killed on January 26th, 2016 with the Malheur standoff. She said that the the situation involving the Malheur standoff was like a virus and the virus needed to be exterminated. Wow. Yeah. Within a week. Lavoy Boye was murdered on the highway by the authorities. Mm. So, well, hey, I got you know to So I, I, I want to kind of go a different direction because I continue to see and, and we had discussions this week with Damien O'Reilly. Um, and I know you struggle in, in seeing those pictures when you're not in your judge's quarters.
3: You mean but, Damien, I love Beijing, Biden, O'Reilly. Yes. Yep, that guy. Yeah, okay. but.
0: You know, I I read a piece by Michael Rossman, who we need to get on here. He's a a, a rural health professional from Iowa. I've had him on the air before. And he was taking a look at the last 30 years in uh, the terms of sustainable farming, how it tied to mental health, which now is being called behavioral health, because people don't want to have mental health issues and seek help. And we're in a time when people need to seek help if that's their situation. And and one of the things that leads to that, quite frankly, Andrew, is the fact that this whole sustainable farm movement has been hijacked by people that don't know anything about farming. Case in point, we have individuals around the world questioning whether beef should be part of our diet because cows are detrimental to the environment. Cows are instrumental, absolutely essential for a healthy environment. And one way that they're trying to do that is talk about cow emissions. And I just wanted to bring up the US EPA by itself says that cows contribute 2% of the emissions, greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. 2%. 2%. 2%. They contribute
3: 2% and they're out. And that's without that's and, without that's without calculating how much they encourage the absorption of carbon as well. Nobody's worked that bit out, have they? We have to grab a hold of this. We need to be the purveyors of the truth
0: that these animals are part of a healthy ecosystem. And that's all, quite frankly, tied into our behavioral health, uh, uh, steering away from depression. Farmers are are are.
3: are the solution. Okay, here's something. I'm going to link. The the next part of what I wanted to tell you is going to link right into this. Okay. What do you think is going to make the world sit up more than anything else uh, in terms of exactly right? So I spoke to somebody yesterday who rang me because, as you know, I've been looking to export dairy produce from the UK to other countries abroad. You know that I've been involved in that. And this guy rang me and he's a, he, he, he had no the conversation was purely he had had um, a bad c- case of the flu. And he, mm-hmm. he was explaining to me what was happening to his market. And I said, oh, by the way, I said, just out of interest, how's business? Because he does freight all over the world. right? And don't forget that one of the biggest things that we have in the UK is we import a heck of a lot of um, soya, bean meal. And also we import a lot of um, of canola or rape from the rest of the world. okay? And he said, do you know what? We've never been busier.' He said, but there's a problem. And I said, what's the problem? Listen to this, Trent, because you told me this first. Uh, Andrew, he said, I listen to
0: everything you say. You don't need to remind me to listen. Go ahead.
3: Right. Well, he, he told me exactly what you told me, right? And that is this. He told me there's no containers. Whenever they, these containers have been going to mm-hmm. China with all these new American goods on them, they aren't returning the containers. There's actually a real problem with shipping right. food around the world at the moment because china is keeping hold of all the containers interesting very interesting isn't it uh yeah even more troubling is that
0: they're they're buying more stuff than ever from the united states and they ship Mm -hmm. those containers over here empty to haul their stuff back that's total control that's just about control.
3: to keep bringing me carry on
0: yeah that's just about total control I mean, it's not that the containers aren't there. They're shipping them here empty, putting their stuff in them and taking them back. That's unprecedented.
3: Yeah. At, at, this, is, le- he told at me, this level. He told me that it's actually stopping them doing trade. He also said, and this is another thing, is he said, for some reason, there seems to be congregations of ships uh, in very unusual places in masses of amounts. And he quoted one place. He said, for some reason, he said, there's more ships docked off singapore harbor than ever before he says i don't know why he said but somebody needs to explain it to us because as shippers it's not a problem of us getting business it's actually been able to put containers on ships so that that's something that um, uh, uh, you know judge henderson needs to be made aware of i think and we need to get you and i need to do some you know research for
0: him I, I, I agree judge henderson needs to look at that but quite frankly judge henderson works like one day out of two weeks he's not reliable I, I think he could be the next attorney general of the united states
3: well he he might be working two days because you don't know he wears a wig he might be like your <laughs> new he might be a bit he might he might be a bit like your new surgeon general who, who wears is a, a wig either male or female he's a an it and actually, well, we're on about this. Apparently, in America, you couldn't make only in America. You know, I always say only in America. Mr. Pa- Potato Head, right? Mr. Potato Head in America has now got to be known as Potato Head. Oh, not we can Mr. know. Uh, or Mrs. Oh, so it's not gender specific. So so he's now Potato Head. Now, have you ever heard anything so ridiculous in your life? Mr. Potato head right it's a head he hasn't got any boobs uh, other
0: <laughs> you're being censored <laughs> that's hysterical just you a, that? a, <laughs> and, well you went dark it's like you, you said boobs and boom you got censored you got cut <laughs> off And that's a perfect place to say we have successfully connected all of the dots on a strange full moon Friday, red shirt Friday. And everybody involved in this conversation
3: reminds you that all roads do lead to a roll route. So have a great weekend. See you Monday.